This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being the good football team. Three-step drop, throws to the end zone. Caught ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in! Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. And you know, you're a guy that shoot people straight, so I figured we'd just go ahead and start with, tell me what happened. You know, nice straightforward start to the question. I don't think we executed on offense, particularly on third down. Um, we got to find ways to protect the quarterback better. We got to find ways to shake Mike and Chris open even more so. And defensively, we got to find ways in the second half not to have one single minded bust here and there that cost us even more points. Now, we may not have scored, but we could have lost the game 7 3 as opposed to 21 3. I know that every week we talk about the idea that any given Sunday in the NFL, that no matter what people's records are or who they have out there, you never know. But um, I, I have a hard time imagining that there was a scenario where you saw this happening, particularly after last week, where I know there was so much emphasis on so many different things after losing to another team you were favored to beat. At any point during this last week, did you feel like, okay, yes, we've, we have made the changes or things felt different last week going into this game? Or was there some suspicion that maybe some of the things had not been fixed that you'd been striving to fix? I thought we had a good week of practice. But in this league, you know, all the games are going to be close. You're going to make some plays here and there. There are no little sisters of the poor in this league. You're going to face competition every weekend. And if you do not execute when it's time to execute, you're going to lose those games. There's a lot of one-score games that separate everybody. Style points don't matter. You have to prepare. You have to understand what you're getting into, and you have to make plays when it's time to make plays. And you have to coach ball. You have to play ball. And, you know, if you do not execute, you're going to lose to everybody in this league. What would you say is the process now as a coach after these last two games? What changes can or should happen? The changes we have to make is accountability. You know, we have accountability. A lot of guys don't say anything. It can't just come from coaches. It has to come from our players, which some have started to speak up. And accountability and execution breeds success. There, there's no easy way around this. There's nobody coming to help us, no cavalry. We dug this hole. The first thing we have to do is own it and look in the mirror. The second thing we got to do is come to work every day. You know, adversity shapes people. And we're in an adverse situation right now, and we have to come out, and we have to come on the other side of it. There's, there's no other ways around it. So we'll keep our head down, we'll start digging, and we'll make sure we get out. Do you yell and scream in situations like this? Do you just teach? Do you do a combination of those? What do you feel like is your way of trying to, in, in the role that you have, right the ship from the way you approach it? Well, there's been a bunch of yelling and screaming, you know, but at the same time, you have to coach them as well. You know, we got 10 more games to go. It's not down in the dumps. We trust each other. We know each other. We continue to try and get better and do things and eliminate mistakes. Communication is always important on both sides of it. So the yelling and screaming when you lose, that's going to be natural, but it's coming from a place of coaching. It's not coming from a place of you know, your butthole and all that type of stuff. So that's part of it. But at the same time, you have to teach them. 
We have to tweak things. We have to constantly tweak things and teach them because that's what coaching is. And then I know that as we talked about potential changes, we saw one of them happen a little bit during the game of where we saw Leverett and Gedeke, um doing a bit of a rotation back and forth. How much of that was based on injury? How much of that was based on just trying something different? And, and where do you see that going moving forward? We wanted Leverett to get in uh, before the game started. We wanted to get him some reps in case something happened and get him some experience because he's been practicing well. And as Luke got nicked up, Leverett started playing more and more. So depending on Luke's health, we'll see where they are. But we do plan on playing Leverett a little bit more. And how about the rest of the O-line? What did you see from them on Sunday? Uh, a lot of hit or miss. You know, consistency is the name of the game. Consistency is the name of the game as far as how we call it, as far as how we play it. And right now, we're not very consistent at all, and we got to do a better job there. And I know uh, 2 of 14, third down efficiency, and I believe 0 of 6 in the second half. That's um, been a bit of a storyline all year. What in particular on Sunday seemed to not go well in those scenarios? I don't think anything went well. Obviously, it starts with the play calling, then it goes to the execution. You know, as a team, offensively, defensively, especially on third down, we have to play better. We have to get more than two third downs, especially in the second half. If you get none, you're off the field in three plays every time, and that, that's, not, that's not good. I know you mentioned the idea of trying to do some things to shake Mike and Chris open a little bit more. Uh, I mean, there was definitely, of course, that play where Mike was uh, probably more open than he knew what to do with. It's uh, not a typical thing for him. And uh, no one play decides an outcome. But looking at Mike's game, Chris's game, what did you see from the two of them and why this wasn't a, a game where we're saying afterward of, oh, man, this is, this is the kind of game that Mike and Chris both went off or exploded? Well, they play hard, you know. A lot of people are playing over the top of them right now, and we have to be able to run the ball consistently to shake that, shake that up and then throw the ball over the top. If we don't, they're going to blanket us all day over the top, and it's going to be tough to get open. So we have to find ways to bring people out of the shell that they're in. I know that uh, one bright note on the game was that Godwin actually did pass Kevin House to be third in the receiving yards in team history. You now have the first and third guy in franchise history in terms of receiving yards out there. And uh, just tell me a little bit about what Chris has meant to this offense and why he's been able to put up those kind of stats before he's actually even been here as long as you might expect to have numbers like that. Well, his work ethic, you know, everything about Chris is consistent about getting better. The way he came back from his injury, the way he works in practice. But he'll be the first to tell you the numbers don't mean anything if we can't win. And I know you did mention the need to be able to run the ball to kind of get some of those guys open. What did you see from both Leonard Fournette and, and Rashad White and then the offensive line as well, just the whole unit when it came to the run game? We had a few come out. Rashad had more success than Lenny, obviously. They keyed on Lenny a little bit. Rashad gave us a little spark there. we got to find a way to get him more touches. It did feel like a game where the screen game was used uh, maybe a little bit more than it had otherwise this year. What was working well on that, and is that something you guys are maybe trying to implement a little bit more of? Something we always have, you know, we put it in and we're just not effective enough at it because we're not getting the ball down the field. But again, one hand washes the other. When you're running the ball better and we're throwing it down the field, the screen game will work better. So we got to continue to try and get that done. And this Sunday was, of course, National Titans Day. I'm sure that is something that you, yeah, you, uh, you had, I'm sure is a huge deal to you as a coach. <laughs> this is a big holiday. Um, but I, it's, it's a, a fun thing to watch and to have on National Titans Day 
couple of your guys definitely put in uh, some big performances that you're missing Cam Brate, and then to have Kate Otten be your second leading receiver with 64 yards, even a guy like Coquif that everyone just talks about as a blocking tight end get an 18-yard catch earlier. Uh, what did you see from, from those guys and then even Kyle Rudolph stepping in and getting a catch? All those guys are good football players. You know, you just don't see them because Cam takes up a bulk of the plays, but uh, Cole can catch, Kate can catch and block, Cole can block, and Rudolph comes in the game with a wealth of experience and understands how to play, and I thought they did a good job. I know that the run defense something that you guys have always taken pride in, and I would probably guess is one of the things that, if it doesn't go well, irks you more than most things. Is, is that fair? Yeah, that, that, that keeps me up all night and yeah. can't sleep, and it's a shame because it was a routine play. And one of our guys got out of our gap one time, and one of them got out of gap the other time, and they were right there and didn't make the play, and that, that, that's disheartening. You know, we got to have more pride and self-esteem when it comes to somebody trying to run the football on us. It's been like that for a couple of years. I'm used to it being like that. We work like that. We talk about it all the time. Two mishaps can mess up a whole day, and it, it really did. So far, when there have been either just missed assignments or miscommunication, what have you seen as the culprit of that? Is it a mental lapse? Is it not understanding what is supposed to be happening? Is it just physically not getting to where people need to go? What have you seen as, as the culprit behind those things? I see them as a mental lapse because they do them right six to eight times during the game and they see the same thing. And then the one time they do it wrong, it costs us. And they have no rhyme or reason to see anything to do it wrong. So we got to be more mature there. We got to have more understanding of growing up there, of what situations we're in, and we got to play it better. How about the play of the front seven overall in the game? What were some of the uh, good, bad, and ugly of that? And I know we did at least get to see, you know, Vita getting a sack in there, taking them out of field goal range. And uh, but again, I know you. We're not as pleased with the run defense on that. So front seven-wise, game as a whole, what did you see? Just okay. You know, certain guys played well and played hard. Obviously, Levante and Devin played hard. Vita played hard. He, he was a culprit on one of those run plays. He'll be the first to tell you. Uh, they threw a lot of screens and balls behind the line of scrimmage for us to pressure the quarterback so the ball was coming out quicker. Overall, just average. We got to play a lot better, too many yards. And I know that uh, outside of maybe the run defense, forcing turnovers might be one of your other biggest priorities uh, with your defense. And now there have been none forced in, in three games, which is uh, to say it is rare under this coaching staff with these players under the scheme is, is putting it mildly. What do you feel like? Sometimes I know forcing turnovers is a bit of a luck of the draw that, you know, does the ball bounce this way or that way on a fumble? Sometimes there are things that just kind of could have gone a little bit differently, but now, after three games, what do you feel like it is that this team is or isn't doing that is not producing more of them? I think we have to attack the ball better. You know, with guys going down in the secondary, we got different guys playing, but that's no excuse to attack the ball. We got to start punching the ball out even more so. We watch tape on it, we go over it all the time. Stopping the run and getting turnovers are the biggest thing we can do on defense to help our offense try and score points. So. We have to do a better job, but that three games is way too long. Um, they come in bunches, we understand that, but we got to make sure these bunches show up every week. We're talking to head coach Todd Bowles, and I know there were a lot of injuries in the secondary, which again feels like a storyline from last year. Uh, and Antoine, of all people, I, I think would probably be one of the guys you would least want to lose to injury on that defense. Um, what did you see in terms of 
injuries that had already happened before the game of who didn't play and then injuries happened mid-game, the way that affected what you guys were able to do, the game plan overall, and, and just the effect on it? Well, Winfield is such a vital part of our defense. Obviously, he's one of the two chess pieces along with Levante that can do quite a few things and still be comfortable whenever he does them. So losing him, we kind of get stalemated a little bit, but I thought D came in and did a decent job from that standpoint. So we didn't, that, that, that didn't cost us the game defensively, and that wasn't the cause of the big plays that happened on defense at all. But losing a piece like that uh, right now, Winfield, was, he was our best tackler going into the ball game, and losing somebody like that you know, always hurts. And Zion McCollum uh, getting the start in place of Carlton Davis. What did you see from the rookie after he has missed so much time with injury and being a rookie, how he was able to fill in some pretty big shoes? His first time out, he had some good. He has some things he's got to learn from. Obviously, uh, mistakes cost you as a corner. You know, as a D lineman, you don't see them as much because you're not the last line of defense. When you're a corner and you make a mistake, it turns into a touchdown. But he'll learn from it. He'll be better at it. He's a confident guy, and we have all the faith in the world in him. But, you know, his first outing wasn't one to remember. And then how about just on the two touchdowns in general to Trimble and Moore, what happened on those plays? Well, like I said, Zion was one, mm -hmm. and, you know, that, that cost us right there. And it just wasn't a good play. And then we had a miscommunication on the one that Moore caught over something we did with day one install, and we try to preach communication all the time. And there's two guys that's played a lot of games for us, and we can't have that. Did you see maybe a faster start uh, from the defense than you'd seen in a few other games in terms of, you know, they didn't get their first, the Panthers didn't get their first first down until the second quarter, and then I know the second half there were several three and outs to start it. Was that something that uh, you were at least happy to see and had, I'm sure, preached a lot of recently? No, you're okay with them starting faster, but you're better off with them finishing, and we have to finish, and we did not. How about P.J. Walker's game and what you saw from him of the things that he was able to do and, and the different dynamic he brought in than some of their other quarterbacks on their roster? I think we knew the game plan, a lot of short passes. I think he threw three balls down the field. Uh, the receivers, one was a bust in coverage and one was a touchdown, but he managed their offense very well. Uh, he got rid of the football. They threw a lot of screens, you know, even on third down, and they ran the ball. So he managed the offense pretty good. And how would you evaluate uh, Tom Brady's game? I know that one stat that, that he now set that is uh, pretty incredible is another franchise record for consecutive passes without an interception. And uh, he passed himself, who had passed himself before that. He is uh, the top three stretches of that in Bucks franchise history. So to know that as much as we talked about the defense not producing turnovers. At least I, we know that the team has not really been giving up turnovers very much either. So that stat in particular, what does that say about Brady in this offense and then just his play overall? Well, he takes care of the football, number one. That's what you want in a quarterback. But at the same time, we got to execute better from a quarterback standpoint, an offensive line standpoint, a wide receiver standpoint, and from a coaching standpoint. We have to execute better and get more than three points. And then uh, I know that Jake Camarda was unfortunately needed a lot, not something you want to have, but if he is going to be needed a lot, it did feel like, would you say this was one of his uh, better games that he has produced so far? I thought he did a great job uh, punting the ball out of bounds toward the sideline. His directional punting was excellent. Uh, he was changing field position for us where we could have been in some bad situations. And then how about the return game that I feel like for both Darden and Rashad, there were a couple that were uh, looked a little bit better for them. Where, where have you seen them go this season with that and, and your confidence level and what they can produce? 
I thought Darden sort of holds better this game. I thought he attacked the middle of the field instead of the sideline. So that was great for him. Rashard can see the return anyway. Anytime you put the ball in his hands, he's a threat. So now looking forward to this next game, would you say this is the best or worst time for a short week? It's the best time for a short week. Anytime you don't play well, you want to get the taste out of your mouth. So you want to line up and play again. So the faster we can get out there, the better. How does it challenge your ability to make some changes or adjustments in terms of trying to do things a little bit differently when you only have these couple days? Well, you know that in September or way back in the spring when the schedule comes out. So you make adjustments as the season goes. So it's not just the first couple of days you work on them is after this ball game. So you got to have kind of have a plan in place and then you check it as it goes and you make adjustments as needed. But we, we knew it was on our schedule, so we're prepared for it. So Lamar Jackson, uh, tell us for you as the, the, the D coordinator part of yourself, what are the things that he brings that can be very challenging, but also maybe fun for you to try to chess game against? I don't think he brings anything fun for me to chess game <laughs> against, but the challenging part, he brings everything. Obviously, speed being number one, uh, he brings power as well. He's got a very strong arm. He can throw it down the field, and even if you have him corralled, you won't have him corralled. He's very fast. He's very elusive. Uh, he makes a lot of their offense go, and he's going to be a tough draw. Where have you seen his game progress since he came into the league even? Is he still a very similar quarterback to where he was early on, or where are some of the things that maybe he's even improved on? Obviously, he's smarter mentally uh, with the games under his belt. He's getting rid of the ball quick. He understands what defenses are trying to do to him, and he counteracts to him. He counteracts to him very well, and he reverses field. He understands where to throw the ball at, and he, he, he'll make you pay. How about the rest of their offense? What are some of the other weapons that uh, provide a difficulty and, and just the biggest things that you feel like you guys are going to have to lock down? Receiver-wise, uh, leading tight end uh, is Andrews. He's the leading receiver. He plays like a wide out and a tight end. You know, he kind of overpowers the corners and he kind of outruns the safeties and the backers. And Duvernay and Bateman got a load of speed, you know, and Drake is playing very well in the backfield and they got a, they got a good team they got a huge offensive line they got a fullback that's 311 pounds uh, Ricard so he is a huge load coming to block you so everybody's got to buckle up because it's going to be a big neck roll game and then how about on the other side of things what do you feel like you see from their defense that could uh, provide some difficulty for us and things you've got a game plan against opportunistic they have two ball hawking corners with Humphreys being a press man guy and Peters being his own guy with great vision both have great ball skills Patrick Queen in the middle uh, being a sideline and sideline linebacker they still have Calais Campbell who can bat down a lot of balls and cause havoc in the passing game and they got Patrick what's his last name I forgot uh, Matabuike oh, yeah. they got Matabuike who, who causes a lot of disruption on the inside and you know I'm sure JPP will be ready to play this game as well so there'll be a lot of things that we got to deal with on the other side of the ball. Do you know that when you play against guys that it is maybe their former team do you tend to account for the idea of them being maybe a little extra fired up? No, it's natural. You know, it's a natural thing in the ball game. You want to play well against your former team. I think all players try to do that. So what would be, looking at this game, the thing that would tell you that the, the improvement has happened, some of those key things, other than obviously a win, 
um, that you would like to see, whether it be individual players' performances, stats, certain things, situations? What would be some of the things that you would say this would give you the most confidence that things have changed a little bit from this last week? All the above, because if you do those things, you will win. You know, so we got to get better at all the above, and not a little better, significantly better, and we're consistent. We got to be consistent at it, and we got to get better. And doing those things right there will take care of the win-loss column. Well, Coach, thank you as always for taking time out, especially on this short week when I know time is of the essence. So we appreciate it, and, and good luck. You got it. Thanks. Buccaneers Total Access with Todd Bowles is brought to you by Advent Health. Coming up next, we have Titans coach John Van Dam. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gut. And Pescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White, linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. I am joined now by Titans coach John Van Dam after having head coach Todd Bowles the first half. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us. It's great to be here. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, and again, we were talking on the, on the walk over here that, you know, the, sh the short straw on the short week. So yeah, thank you yeah, for that. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. what a crazy schedule it is uh, right now for you guys. So really do appreciate it. And uh, you know, I mean, the good news is off a unfortunate game, your guys uh, had a pretty good showing. And so you were a, a great guy to talk to on an otherwise slightly yeah. dark day, I'm sure, around yeah, the facility. Yeah, a few catches for our group, but um, ultimately, uh, obviously didn't come through with a win. But um, for sure, you know, those young guys have been playing really good football for us, and we're encouraged by that. So how do you handle a, a game and just sort of a situation like this as a position coach now, if we, we talk a lot to you know Coach Bowles about what role he has in trying to shift the attitude or mindset of the team or make some changes. So what is that like from a position coach level um, when you know you, and especially have a short week to try to get guys out of that funk of a loss that they don't love and to focus on the next task? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always a challenge, especially human nature. You know, growing up, my Dad always was a coach. My dad was a coach and always said, you got that 24-hour rule, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of can, but on a Thursday game, you don't even have the 24-hour yeah. rule. So you really got to get rolling. But um, obviously nobody likes to, to, to lose games. You know, we're in a, a performance-based business and the players know that. And um, so just coming in and talking about, hey, let's worry about right now. You know, let's, let's, let's not worry about the past. Let's not worry about the future. Let's just today in this meeting get better. So we just try to go moment by moment and um, you know, be the best we can be at that moment, even if it's a walkthrough or whatever it is, just make the most of that rep and just try to build on that. So looking at your unit in, in the game Sunday, um, I know you were going to be without Cam Brait. So what are the things that you guys do uh, when you're without a player like him? What did that mean for the rest of the guys in the room and how you guys were trying to prepare? Great question. Cam's such a big part of our group and our team, you know, not only his ability to play, but his experience. Um, you know, and, and just having him there, it's like having another coach. Um, so we definitely missed him. Uh, we, act, we shot him, we FaceTimed with him in our meetings, you know, the night before the game to keep him, not only him a part of it, but just so he can have a positive influence on us. And um, it was a big loss. You can't replace that. Um, but because we've had him for so long, he's built us all up together, and we were able to go out there and Got a couple guys, um, young guys, and we also got Kyle Rudolph, who's played a bunch of football. So he really stepped into that role, and he's been awesome this whole time. You know, he 
he's a guy that probably hasn't necessarily played as much as he would have liked, but he's been every day and he's he's been a big part of just coming every day, preparing no matter what, like he's going to play every single snap. And that's great for those young guys to see, a guy that's been around and, um, and, he, and he handles it like a true professional. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Kate Otten, one of these young guys you've been talking about having such a big year. First of all, what do you remember about the idea of wanting to draft him and what you guys saw in him that, that made you say this was a guy that we think could, could not only contribute down the road, but maybe contribute right now? Yeah, I mean, Cade was a hard one as well because he really, he was injured. So he didn't go through the normal draft combine um, process like a lot of other guys do. He was rehabbing the whole time. So the combine, for example, you don't get a chance to, to see him do much. Um, one thing Coach Moore always talks about, Tom Moore, is he says, you know, you, you can go to these combines and stuff, but to get a real idea of how a player is, you got to watch the film. Film doesn't lie. And he had really good college film. You know, he played the position the right way. He was a good guy in the run game, but he also was effective in the pass game. And we wanted a guy that could do both. Um, and he's proven to be able to do that. And one thing you can't judge by just a quick little meeting with a guy is just a guy's love for the game of football. And, and Cade loves football. And he comes out every day and, and gives us everything he's got. That's great. And, man, that was plenty on Sunday from him, you know. And, I, man, second leading receiver, 64 yards. Um, it's These last few weeks, it's just each week, oh, new, new career high, new career high, new mm -hmm. career. It just feels like, especially in the passing game, he's really starting to come on. What have you seen about why those numbers are slowly ticking up in, in terms of the chemistry he has from, with Tom and uh, the role that he could move into maybe just even the rest of this season for this offense is I'm sure it's still the – uh, you know, after losing Gronk, and it was always the no one can replace mm -hmm. Gronk, but it was going to be by a committee. Sure. And asking, you know, somebody like Cade to come in and do a role like that. Yeah, and um, 100%. Um, as Cade was rehabbing this offseason, we had some conversations about him staying here. You know, he wanted to go home at times, and, and he made the commitment to stay here and really focus on getting better, so his discipline in the game. But um, to answer your question, he's gotten – 100% when you're catching balls from a guy, you're going to both gain confidence in each other, um, understand and get on the same page of where he's going to be, how he comes out of different routes, what Tom wants um, is an ongoing process with, with him. Um, obviously, Cam being down the last couple of weeks has also helped him get a little more action and trust from not only Tom but as coaches. Um, it's one thing to see a guy do something in practice, but when he's able to go do it in games consistently, um, that you know, gives everybody more confidence. And he's done that. And he's got, he knows as, 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 as much as anyone that he still has things obviously he needs to improve on and he's willing to put in the work. Um, I think, he, you know, the sky's the limit for him. He's just got to stay at it. We're talking to Titans coach John Van Dam. I imagine as a new position coach, having a player like him that, you know, he's already a rookie and there's so much going on and then he loses his mom and has to go back for that. How, what was that like for you even as a learning experience and the way you tried to handle that with him of where there's the taking care of the person and then also trying to take care of the player when he came back from something like that? Yeah, no, definitely a hard situation. I mean, uh, I, I knew that his mom was really special to him. You know, we've had conversations about her before this happened. Um, his mom, um, you know, had, 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 was diagnosed and had Parkinson's and my father has Parkinson's. So there was definitely a lot of 
um, conversations that we had, some similarities and stuff. Um, and when it came, you know, when that happened, um, we had some hard conversations right away, you know, and but we were in full support of him. Coach Bowles was awesome, and um, we, we wanted him to take care of um, his family first. So, you know, he, he took off and was gone for a week, and he came back, and he was ready to go. And when he was here, he was back and focused, which is really hard for, a, I mean, especially a rookie like him to be able to transition that back. So, but we definitely had some um, very non-football conversations during that period, which... Um, you know, I think anyone, all of the, all of our position coaches, were, were, we want our guys to go out there and, and play and have success, but there's an element of um, caring about them as well and caring about each other. Yeah, and would you say for Cade, the, did you see sort of some level of maturity there that going through some of those things had led him to being ready as a rookie that I feel like I've heard even you know, Jason Light talk about how they want players that they already know have gone through things so they know they'll know how to handle the adversity when it comes. Is that maybe why that he's a guy that, I mean, he's already been married a couple years. It just feels like he's not a rookie in terms yeah. of his mental approach to things. No, certainly he is. No, he's, um, he handles things the right way for sure. Um, and that's, a you know, we all go through adversity in our lives, right? And to see him handle that the right way was, um, was pretty awesome. And um, I know it's still hard for him, you know, and it continue. I'm sure it will be for a little while. So just to stay here for him and help him anyway. And football guys, you know, football players in general don't like to talk about their feelings a lot, right? So sometimes we got to pull it out of them. So. Yeah, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, we're all there to kind of just be there for him as well, and it's an ongoing process. So, um, But he's handled that great, and he's handled this great, and you know, we'll see. The thing about rookies is, you know, they're used to 10, 12 games a year. So um, the biggest thing for a challenge for me and for us is to continue um, to keep him developing throughout the season. Yeah, what is the biggest challenge of that, especially as now you have, you know, half your room essentially at this point is going to be going through that transition? And how do you try to prepare them for that? Or do you even try to in terms of snap counts and all of that, of making sure they're still going to be in a peak state later in the season when it really matters. What is that like? And have you seen this just across the board with the team of lessons you guys have learned of how to get rookies ready when they hit that typical wall of where they're used to being done playing? Yeah, no, and, and obviously I haven't been coaching tight ends for 20 years, you know, so I'm learning that as I go as well. But um, one thing I'll tell you about these guys is, is co and Cade both have two great mentors with them who have done that, and, and Kyle and Cam, and I think that's been a big part of the whole process as well. Not just me, but those guys around them. So they have great people they are able to learn from and give daily advice, um, and I encourage those guys to coach them up as well. Um, it's definitely a collective process. So having that and you know, as much as we can, we like to limit them. But when they're playing good football, you know, we want the best football players on the field that are going to help us win football games. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to do right now. Um, and just handling it day by day, kind of like I said, not worrying about too much about the future, not worrying about the past, about the past, but let's handle each day on its own and, and just be here for each other and try to go through the process. And so far, they've exceeded our expectations. And I hope we can keep going in that direction. In terms of the bigger picture with the offense, um, I know the, some of the big focus points for you guys, storylines, whatever you want to call it, is definitely situational football, 
third down, some struggles there, and, and red zone. So what are the things that your room specifically is doing, focusing on those areas that you feel like maybe you guys could improve or the way that you can fit into the offense as a whole as they work on that? Yeah, no, I think um, one thing that we try to do as tight ends, as a, as a tight end group, we kind of laugh about it. We're, we're the old you know, trusty truck or whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> safety we, we, blanket. Safety yeah. blanket, right? We're going to end the run game. You know, we're going to be relied upon in certain ways. In the past game, we're, relied, we're, pur- we're pulled in a lot of different directions. So what we try to focus on is just doing our job the best we can. Um, not trying to do too much, not trying to solve the world's problems in just the tight end group. But on each play, if, if we can just do our job to the best of our abilities, if we can do that, then it's going to make everything better around us. And that's kind of how we try to go about it. All right, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with Titans coach John Van Dam, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks insider Casey Phillips, brought to you by Advent Health. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access with Titans coach John Van Dam. Uh, I think that Cam Braid is such an interesting guy of what he's meant to this offense over the last however many years. and his sort of unconventional way into the league. And um, what have you seen about where he is at this point? You know, of course, right now, you know, has been injured. But um, this season overall, compared to where he's been at other points in his career and just what you feel like his main role is in this offense and what he can contribute. Yeah, no, Cam um, Cam has obviously, as you said, had a fantastic career, um, not only playing the game, but he, he has a great feel for the game. Um, uh, which is hard to coach. He just understands how to get open and different things. And him and Tom have great, created a relationship with each other. And he has not had pro- as a productive a season so far as maybe he would have liked, because um, he did a you know had one of the best off seasons he's had since I've been here. He was healthy all the off season. And um, but anyway, he's uh, like I said, his his role is our number one tight end. You know he. He's proven that and he's done that. And um, we definitely use him in different packages and find different ways to get him the ball. So when he's not in the game, um, those other guys kind of got to pick up their game a little bit. But the other thing is, as we talked about earlier, is just his overall influence of the room. Um, uh, you know, I can't speak enough on it. I talked about it already, but just with two young tight ends and him to be able to um, be unselfish enough to coach him up and, that's one great part about my entire room. Nobody's got an ego that we all want each other to get better. So we do a lot of talking and coming up with the best way to do things. By no means do I have all the, the best the answers. So, hey, is there a way we can accomplish this better? Let's let's work together and come up with all these years of experience these guys have and find the best way to do it and, and go in that direction. Um, Cam does a great job of getting open, um, finding windows in the passing game, and then like I said, him and Tom just have a really good chemistry with each other of um, just he knows what Tom wants. <laughs> yeah, which is it's a very it's yep. a very important thing yep. to have for sure. Um, and the other guy you mentioned of being such a good influence in the room is, is Kyle Rudolph. And uh, I know, like you said, he has not maybe played as much as he would have liked or maybe you guys would have originally expected. What has that role turned into and um, maybe why have things shaken out the way they have where he has not been maybe getting the reps that we would have thought that sometimes this can happen with, you know, a bigger name free agent comes sure. in and you picture them from some yeah. other situations. So what is what has been the the catalyst behind the role he has slid into here? Yeah. 
Now, Kyle came in, you know, obviously um, has had a fantastic career, right? Pro bowler, um, caught touchdowns, caught passes, blocked. He's done it all. Um, so bringing him in with a young group, um, didn't really know what to expect right away, right? And, and as everybody knows, when you come into training camp, you know, that you're battling for positions. Um, and Kyle did a great job in training camp, as did the rookies, you know. And then you got, when you're, when you're putting together a roster, you know, special teams comes up in all different roles, and you only can get so many guys on the field. So, you know, if we had a choice, that we would dress all the tight ends, every single rep, and, and mix it up. But, <clears throat> you know, we weren't able to do that. So Kyle has, in, is in, is, has come to work every single day, and that's one thing that I've really been taken back by, just the fact that he doesn't uh, – he, he prepares every day like he's going to play every single snap. And – you know, I had to do that a little bit being a career backup quarterback myself. Um, so I kind of know that the difficulties of that. And it's easy to go the other way and say, hey, um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to play. So why do I need to prepare? But he's a true professional. He's there. And then what that does is obviously shows these other guys of, wow, that's what it takes to last in this league for a long time. You got to not only be a good football player, but you got to be professional and you got to, um, you know, be on your stuff. So. It's rubbed off really well. And because of that, obviously, he knows injuries happen in football. So now he's gotten some opportunities, and he's made the most of them as well. He had a catch in the game on, on Sunday, a, a, an important catch for us, and his, his role will continue to grow as well, um, and, and we know we can count on him. Yeah, which is a huge factor. And um, another guy we haven't talked a lot about yet is Co Keeft, and uh, he, he just makes me laugh because I feel like he is the most prototypical "Quote unquote blocking tight end you've mm -hmm. ever seen of you know he's got the the red hair and the beard and he's watching the draft <laughs> in the garage and he's oh, yeah. you know wearing his camo and his cut off sleeve shirts and I'm just like you could not paint yeah. a picture of a guy which I told him that once and he said that I was putting him in a box which made me <laughs> laugh. Um, tell me what it has been like to watch him and not only come in to do the thing that we just assumed would be just to block, but then here he gets an 18-yard catch on Sunday and he's had another one. And to see him even getting some of those opportunities that maybe some of us did not uh, appreciate that he could produce. Yeah, no, for sure. We laugh about his production at Minnesota. I don't know, he didn't catch very many balls. I don't yeah. know how many it was, but... Pretty sure it might have been <laughs> just one. Yeah, it wasn't very many. Um, no, he's done a great job. Um, again, I keep coming back to this fact... Uh, a guy that just really loves the game of football and uh, will do everything you ask him to do. And he's going to do it to the best of his ability and the hardest of his ability. Um, so, and, and we've asked a lot from him, you know, playing in a, he, he plays on the ball tight end, he plays fullback for us. So he plays a lot of different positions and um, there's, there's a big mental component of that. So, um, and he, and he's handled it with ease. So, um, and yes, on top of that, right, you think of all these, these tight ends being all oh, these meathead blocking guys, but he's really smart and he plays the game with that. And, and the other thing about both these guys, Kate and Cole, these young guys, is their feel for the game. It's one thing to tell a guy, hey, go block that guy or hey, you got this on this play. But when things actually happen in a game, it's not always how you draw it up on the board during the week. And both of them are able to adjust and process things very quickly um, in a short amount of time. And um, that's what sometimes separates the you know average guys that can do it to the 
exceptional guys who can do it at this level because things happen fast. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta process quickly. How would you rate overall your room on some of the quote unquote dirt, the dirty work of the Titans? You know, mm -hmm. of the blocking, whether it's in the pass game mm -hmm. or the run game, because it's easier for us to see when a guy gets a catch but we don't always know the assignments they were supposed to have. So uh, what would you say for, for all the guys in your room when it comes to some of that dirty work, run game, blocking, that kind of thing? Well, we laugh because we get pulled in a lot of different directions. We're in the passing game install meeting, and then we're in the run game install meeting, and then we're back in the uh, talking about us with all different parts of the game because we're involved. And that's the fun part about playing and coaching the tight end position because you're involved in so many different aspects of the game. So it's the fun part but you also get pulled in a lot of different directions. Um, and we always laugh because, you know, they, we're not important until they need us. You know? <laughs> you know, a lot of times early in the season, right, we want to, want to go four wides and all this stuff and no yeah. tight ends. And we're like, all right, well, they'll come back to us when they need us. <laughs> and sure enough, um, you know, we're always there. We're reliable, as we say. We're, yes. You know, we're that reliable piece that um, people trust that we're always going to be there. And that's what we kind of try to be, just people, you know, they can lean on us mm -hmm. when they need to. Yeah, that's really interesting. And we're talking to Titans coach John Van Dam, and I feel like that is a perfect segue into mm -hmm. talking about you now being position coach for the first year of the Titans and what you got you to, to the point of coaching Titans and what you like about it, as you put it, that it is a demanding position room to coach because of how much you guys are involved in. So how did you get to the point of being a Titans-specific coach and what made you excited about that role? Okay, well, my, without going in crazy long time with my um, career as I bounced around, I played. I was a quarterback in college. My first coaching job ever was a, gra a graduate assistant at Augustana College, which is a Division II school out in South Dakota. And you're, and at those small schools, you know, you're you're the tight end coach. There's not another tight end coach, and you're the GA, and you're coaching PE, <laughs> and you're driving the you know team bus basically right, yeah. and, and shoveling off the logo during recruiting visits or whatever, yes. right? So you're doing, wearing a lot of hats. So yeah, a lot of snow shoveling, I imagine. A lot of snow shoveling. And I had no idea what how to coach a tight end or anything like that at that point. So, again, a lot of it was just learning on the run, on the run there. And then, it was your shoveling technique that it, got you the job. Exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not, you know, I had to get those gloves going. Down yeah, yeah. A little, little more snow there than here. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you made your way to slightly better yes, weather, yes. Yeah, I like the winters here. So, um, so anyway, that was my first involvement. And then I coached receivers for a little while. I was a graduate assistant in Alabama, worked with receivers, and I continued to um, get back to the quarterbacks and I worked with some right. So I've been, I've touched a lot of different positions, um, which I think's helped me as well um, from a blocking standpoint and then also a receiving standpoint. And, I, and um, just for those tight ends to see it from a um, passing game, a quarterback, a guy that played quarterback, mm -hmm. I think's helped. So I can give him a different point of view. Um, in the passing game, and then, and I'm still today trying to um, learn the run game as the best I can. So mm -hmm. we work together in that part as well. Yeah, I think that people would typically assume that people who coach a position played the position. I think that would be an assumption yeah, a sure. lot of people make. And so, what are the ways that you feel like have been the the biggest challenge for you? And then also, like you said, kind of what you offer of have the guys talked about that of the way that you are coaching them as compared to some other people and, and what you think makes that unique? Um, yeah, I mean, I try not to get too much into like, hey, how did this coach? The, the biggest thing I try to do is with, with these guys is, and I'm lucky enough to have a couple guys that have, have, have played for a long time, but I use them as resources as well. And I think empowering the players is an important thing and giving them some 
some of the uh, decision making is, is has been awesome and kind of what I've tried to do throughout mm -hmm. my career. But hey, guys, you know, all right, we're talking run blocking. Okay, I've never run blocked in a professional game in my life. Yeah. Right? I play quarterback, so um, we all kind of know the basics. Um, what do you? How do we want to handle this guy this week? What are the best things you guys have played against him? How can we attack it? Every week in the NFL is such a different matchup for us. We got guys like Clayus Campbell for this week, for example, who's a 300-pound guy. We got, and then we play a guy like Burns last week, who's a smaller body guy but real twitchy and quick. So, how we attack that person in the run game is going to be different depending on who we're going against. So I use I use um, my players a ton just to let's make this a collaborative effort. You know, it doesn't have to be me. Just hey. You have to do it and this do this. way. Yeah. Let's work together. And I think that, you know, so far has worked, worked well for me. All right. Well, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with Titans coach John Van Dam, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access with Titans coach John Van Dam. Uh, so we were talking about a little bit about the preparation of it as you being a new position coach, and that is the perfect segue into this week's game, which uh, I'm sure, again, Thursday, everybody hates Thursday night games, and the preparation is already tough in any given week, and now you guys have a short week to do it. So tell me the, the process of this, of how far ahead did you start trying to prepare for them, and then what this week is like as you try to cram a whole game plan into a few days. Um, yeah, no, great question. We... Uh... Obviously, when you're playing a Thursday night game, you miss several days. So, you know, you go from normally players having a day or two off to, well, we had a walkthrough today, for example. So you're on to the next. So you certainly have to get ahead a little bit um, depending on your role. Um, sometimes when you're calling the game, you don't want to get too skewed with going ahead and looking at a different game. So um, the assistants are relied upon to kind of get the scouting report going a little bit. So we certainly uh, started last week on preparing for them um, and just kind of getting ahead with with looking at some things um, from a game plan standpoint. And then, um, yeah, after the game, then you, you fly back and there's not going there's, there's no going home after the game. You're back in the office once you get off that plane and trying to get ready for a practice that you got, we had today. So. Um, and that involves scripts and cards, and um, you obviously got meetings, so you got to go over the looks and the game plans and the plays that you're going to run. And so, um, you know, it's a challenge for sure. Um, and, and like every game, um, this is a, a, a very important game for us because it's the next one, and um, you know, we 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 got to get back in that winning column. So we're we're taking this one seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And what are the things that? When you take a look at their defense, I mean, I feel like you know most people are hearing about the Ravens and they're thinking about Lamar Jackson. So, tell us a little bit about the other side of the ball and the things that you guys, in particular, as tight ends, are having to look out for. Um, yeah, certainly. Um, their, uh, their their defensive coordinator was at the University of Michigan last year, so he's came this year and um, you know done a really good job for him. He's um, you know the when we're in when you know some of our run formations, they're going to give you a lot of different looks several different looks, which in a short week's tough, you know, when you're getting a lot of different looks to prepare for and you don't have, you got walkthroughs to go through. So we're just really trying to get a lot of film work and a lot of mental reps and during our walkthroughs, trying to give them a lot of different uh, um, looks so we're prepared versus all the different things that we could possibly see in the, especially in the run game. 
Um, yeah, and, and tell me about the things specifically that you guys watch as tight ends, the little tendencies and, and what preparation can look like in a film room in particular for you guys of the things that you try to notice and what can give you the little edge. Yeah, so we have um, you know some formation tapes we try to go through to see how they're going to play each formation. Um, and uh, and kind of like what I touched on before, a big part of what we do is is based on who we're going against. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, are we blocking Clayus Campbell, okay, for example, right, who's a big body guy? Yeah, or no we, big deal. Or are we blocking some of their other defensive end guys who may be smaller bodies or whatever, right? And just seeing the matchups that we're going to have to have to have to create and how we can do the best job possible in, in, in blocking them. Um, and then, obviously, then again, like we touched on, the pass game is a big part of it too. So today was kind of normal down and distance, and we handle that today. And then um, tomorrow we'll get more into third down red zone, a little more situational football where, like you said, we got to do a better job of putting it into the end zone. So biggest area of growth you would like to see from your guys uh, between now and the end of the season? What would be the, the biggest markers of improvement that you're kind of hopeful for as a coach? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing you always look for as a coach is just consistency um, and plan. You know, they've, they've done a good job of, of setting the bar. And we talk about once you set that bar a certain, you know, height, you, you can't drop underneath that. So once you continue to stack it and make it higher, then we're going to, oh, I would love them to continue to play at a consistent level. Every, 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 not only every game, but every play. Um, and every game, you know, people are going to make mistakes. But what, what, what I appreciate about these guys and what I want to continue to do is just, is, just play with extreme amount of effort and toughness. And, um, you know, sometimes the rest takes care of itself if you can do that. Yeah, well, they have definitely been doing that so far. And I know the season so far, the record is not where you guys want. But congrats to, to your guys for having a great season so far. And congrats on the first year as the position coach. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, and good luck this week. Thank you guys for being with us. This has been Buccaneers Total Access with tight ends coach John Van Dam, brought to you by Evan Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.